Party Card Sports is back again. I'm Cody with my co-host, Nate. Your boys are back at it again with another week of the sports news. Kind of slow, kind of fast. We have a green jacket that was handed out. We have a little bit of NFL news, surprisingly, before the draft. Finally, we get some news to talk about in the NFL. Even as lackluster as it may be. Depending who you are, <laughs> it could be very lackluster. And then we got a little bit of fantasy talk for all of our fantasy managers out there. So let's start with the Masters. I love John Rahm. He actually made me look like I know what the fuck I'm actually talking about it's when not, I talk about ball golf. It's not hard to predict that what the best player in the world is he probably going to win. He wasn't the best player in the world. He wasn't even the world number one. Mm -hmm. Scheffler was. The favorite, and he shit the bed. The favorite coming in was Rom. Wrong. Scheffler was still the favorite going in. And and he shouldn't even won. Wrong. You want to know how I knew he was going to at least have a chance to win? His very first hole on Thursday. Hole number one of his entire fucking week. Four putts for double bogey. And by the end of the day, has a share of the lead. Yeah. At that point, I knew John Rom was going to at least have a Ooh, chance to win. Cares. Who cares? Hey, listen, the, the real reason that everything went to shit in the handbasket is because it started on Friday. The, the, the whole suspension of play, all this crap happened, the trees falling down, the, the whole dang apocalypse at the, at the Masters. At, the, at Augusta. It, it was crazy. <laughs> apocalypse at Augusta. And then it didn't stop. Saturday. It was terrible weather again. Just awful. Everyone had to, everyone had to play in it. They had to stop play. I think they only got like five, six holes deep. They made them get up in the morning and, and play super early and then play a second round on top of that. Just ridiculous stuff going on. Be a pro. Make the shots. Yeah. That's and what they see, get paid for. And see, the, the worst part about it all is on top of all of that, they put a pace player like Kepka behind one of the most slow players I've ever seen in my entire life. I think I personally could go out with golf clubs and play around faster than this guy. Wrong. No, no right. Wrong. No, right. Wrong. Right. Dude, I told you and, before we started this, I, I it, always add a I whole it, hour to my round no, when you join the card no. ball golf. And while I do it, I bet I could drink 30 beers in, time, in the same amount of time it took him to get through nine holes. What was the guy's name? Cantley. Cantler. What? Whatever. Patrick Cantley. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, see, I haven't even heard of the guy before. See, that, are, can, that already I gives get, you no merit get, to talk here. I get that you have your your rhythm, your your whatever it's called. Your, oh, I got to do this before every shot and blah, blah, blah. I watched this dude line up a shot five times, get ready to hit it, and then to walk away and line it up again. What are you doing? Hit the ball. Look. Golf is naturally a slow game compared to what you and I are used to in other games and other sports. Time clocks should be added. That would have been, I would not be opposed to that in the way Listen, of, you know, how many times you can look at a shot and then hit the ball. If there's something that annoys me most about golf in general, is that there is time periods on there where you have to, oh, you got to play this fast and da 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 And that's for me. 
For pros, you should be able to stand up to that ball, smack it, and put it in the hole. There shouldn't even be talk about ball changes in, in, in golf. It should be, how about you hit your ball within 30 seconds of walking up to it? Hey. As long as you hit a good shot, I don't want. I don't care how long it takes you to hit a good shot. Just hit a good shot. Now, if you're gonna suck, suck fast and get the fuck out of the well, way. Did he win? Who Cantley? Yeah. No. No, no, he did. Is he still better than us? Absolutely. So he but can he take as much time as he fucking wants as long as he hits even the ball. Play that good. He didn't even play that good. Did he and play? He did he play better than us? Took forever. There was a comment that Kepka made that said, "Of course, Kepka makes excuses because he fucking he, lost." No, the guy, fucking crybaby Kepka. Whatever your boy's name is. John Round took a piss seven times during the round, and they still were waiting. That is ridiculous. They're, 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 it took them five hours. Five hours. It takes us four hours on a you're correct how on many, a non-tournament course. How many people play with us? Five. Yes. You know how many people they play? Three. No, two. Three. Two. Two man cards. They were playing with two man cards two in the final man round. Cards. So it took two guys. Five hours to play 18 holes. That is ridiculous. They're playing so far behind the time slot that you're supposed to finish the round in. It's ridiculous. And Kepka's a fast player. And, of course, he just slowly trickled off until he was nothing. I'm just saying, regardless of pace of play, if you're a pro, playing at the top tier of being a pro in the Masters, you don't shoot three over par in the final round and expect to win. I Brooks Kepka shot three over par. I didn't say that he shot good or whatever. I'm Irregardless just of pace of play. Huge, there's a huge problem with one guy causing in a complete... If Listen, we, we are disc golfers, right? If one guy does that, that ruins your entire round. Yes, no. Well, it depends. Because earlier in this podcast season... You said, "Oh, you're Nate. You're letting someone else dictate the way you feel and the way you play. That, that's on you." I have no idea what you're talking about. Go back and listen to it. I've listened to all of them. Wrong. I said anything like that. So either. this guy, being a pro, needs to step up, make the fucking shots, irregardless of pace of play, weather, whatever. Everyone else has to play in it. Now the pace Did of play. Did everybody else have now, to play two rounds in a in day? One day? No. Not two full rounds, no. No, they didn't. But some of them had to play a round and a half still because they had to pick up where they went off. And some people had to play almost two full rounds. Yeah, but they still they still got a break in between. Quite ridiculous, if you ask me. I think they should have redone everything on Sunday, picked it right back up on Monday. Except, they, guess what? You know why they didn't do that? Because they still wanted that TV money. Even though if you if it golf for gentlemen's... Sport, blah blah blah, bunch of bullshit. Hey, I think even if they do that, nothing changes. John Rom, without a doubt, was the best player for that entire weekend. I, John Rom wasn't even the best player that last round. You're, you're right, he wasn't. Phil Mickelson was. Played great. No, and also, uh, was it DJ? DJ shot like six. Yeah, it was crazy. Milton shot seven down. He, he came all the way from like barely middle of the road to tying for a second. Yeah. With Kepka. Exactly. That see that is more impressive to me than anything that, that that's Mom not, that, did. I mean, Mickelson, yeah, he shot seven down, but it's not so much that he shot seven down and jumped a second. Brooks Kepka came down and caught Mickelson as well. Like I said, he, Brooks shot three over, three big. Either way, super lackluster masters, a bunch of uh really crappy weather, like just a 
terrible. They should. I mean, can- I, they should have canceled it all together. I think there garbage was masters. definitely for sure garbage some masters. circumstances that people didn't see the tree falling down. Damn near crushing spectators, suspending play, terrible the weather. weather. But there were still good golf. John Rom played good golf. Kepka kept boring. Kepka played good golf up until the last basically, round. Basically, basically, Kepka. Uh, Kepka played would, really good golf. Listen, I'll, I'll, I'll throw, I'll jump on your side. Basically, what you would say is Kepka rolled over, and and then basically John Rom just walked into first. That's all that happened. That's there's no controversy. I mean, there's no, there's no. Uh, Ooh and ah, there's nothing there. I believe Kepka had every player that made a run. Every player that made a run was in the clubhouse nine holes before freaking Rom even had to be done. Here's the thing: is Rom still had to shoot under par, and he did. But Kepka shooting three over definitely made Rom's job easier. Made everyone's job easier to go in and at least make a push for the dub. I'm pretty sure on the. On the last hole, I heard them say like, "Rom would have to four putt this to tie for second. And what I tell you, so his lame. very first hole in the whole tournament, he four putted for bogey for double bogey. That's so lame, and That's he still ends up winning finish. the fucking tournament. That's such a lame finish for like Kepka blowing people out of the water the first three. He days. wasn't blowing people. He only had like a two stroke lead going to the final Just round. Absolutely slaughtering the ball, and then. For bad weather and slow play to really play a factor into probably the best golfer that was actually there, it's just sad. Dude, w- without a doubt, John Rahm is was definitely the let's, best golfer let's there. Let's just say this. Period. The best player didn't win that Masters. The best player won that entire weekend. Absolutely. No. Yes. No. Bruce uh, Kepka over the, here making fucking excuses all he fucking wants, just like he always does. Look, when Brooks plays and he plays at the top of his abilities, he's a great golfer. I don't think anybody can deny that. But when it comes to John Rahm versus Brooks Kepka, I'm taking John Rahm nine times out of ten every fucking time. I bet Rahm's a lame hang. I don't know. I've seen him on Bob Does Sports, and the dude is is a pro is a definitely a dude. Like he he's the guy that you can go golf with, have a couple brews, and he's like, I'm not gonna go over those trees. I'm not gonna go under the trees. I'm gonna go around those trees with a little bit of draw. Just what you said right there makes me feel like he's probably a lame hang. <laughs> now I think Brooks, so I might, think Brooks might, is probably a cool hang. I, I, I think he's pretty cool too. Hey, hey, what? We could have a special call in right now. Oh, go go bring him on, bring him on. Hey, hey, I'm, Chris, uh, you're live on the podcast. Is he on speakerphone? Yes, he is. Can you hear me, Chris? Hey, dude, why didn't you pick up my fucking phone call, you jackass? I just called you back. <laughs> you called no, me you, back. No, you called Cody back. <laughs> so, anyways. Hey, we had a, Definitely we, we have a quick question to ask oh, you. Oh, he didn't call me first. I didn't see it. Uh, do you got the Sunday ticket last year, right? I did. How much money did you spend on the Sunday ticket last year? Oh, God, man. It was like 77 bucks a month for... I don't know, five months. So seventy-seven bucks a month for five months, or is that what you said? You said seventy-seven bucks a month for five months. Yeah, something like that. So, have you seen the new prices for YouTube TV? I have. Yeah. What is it like three seventy-nine for the year? That's what. That's if you have YouTube TV already. Yeah. And then, and if then you, like four something if you don't, right? Fucking bonkers, dude. 
If you don't, yeah, it's four hundred dollars, and then you can add on uh, the red zone for forty dollars extra on each. Plus, plus, if you don't, you have to have a separate YouTube TV account that costs seventy nine dollars a month. Jesus. So they've pretty much raised the prices a hundred and fifty dollars a month. Is what is basically what you're saying you paid last year. Yeah. So you gonna let me borrow that Sunday ticket or what? Yeah, I got multiple streams. Uh, <laughs> man. Good. I ha- I have to have all the content I can for the podcast. Yeah, man. <laughs> all right, man. Uh, we'll have to schedule you on this podcast, but this is your first technical appearance. You're welcome. Oh, man. Glad to be on the show. All right, man. We'll let you go. Thank you. Right. See you, guys. See you, buddy. Right. Well, that was an impromptu segue to what we're going to get into next. <laughs> Let's just jump into it. We've talked enough yeah. about the Masters. Yeah, that's fine. Dude, basically what he was just saying, Chris was telling us, it's a hundred, almost $150 more a month just for the YouTube TV edition. An absolute price gouge. Because, just because you have to bonkers. have YouTube TV subscription. If you want the discount. No. you ha- Oh, yeah, you're right. Yeah. If you want the $100 discount. Right. So technically... I guess you're saving like 30, 20, 25 bucks. bucks. Yeah. 20 bucks. And so you're, you're spending, you're spending $80 a month for YouTube TV plus the extra three forty nine. If you, and if you sign up before June 6th, which is coming up real quick, a couple months, you get a hundred dollar discount yeah, month and a half. So basically you have to have that discount. And then on top of that, they're like, Hey, also I know we're raking you over the coals, but if you want red zone, forty extra dollars. <laughs> Which honestly, I'm not a big fan of red zone, anyways. Not red personally. Zone. Red zone is something you just put on when you can't watch all the games. Right. You watch. Right. Yeah. Like like if you had a man cave going on, and you only had a couple screens. Because like, you only have what the NBC and the uh, Fox. Right. And so you only have two. And well, I mean, if you have Sunday ticket and you have a shit ton Let's of screens. But, yeah, if you don't have Sunday Ticket, then, yeah, you can have Red Zone going. You can watch kind of, like, all the highlights of all the games going on. you can on also watch the your local game. Local yeah, game. right. But if you, like, with this, you can put literally each separate game that you actually want to watch and care about on each TV. Like, how, mu- how much do you think this is the NFL charging? It's not. Or how much do you think this is YouTube? Like, dude, we are going to take all these cocksuckers for everything they're fucking worth. They're basically trying to... Uh flip people over to their actual TV subscription instead of using these cable companies, I think. I mean, m- most of us stream anyways. Like, you know, everyone, for the most part, uses Hulu yeah, yeah. or other live but streaming the, subscriptions. Uh, yeah, and I would rather use Hulu, in my opinion, because I like all their extra streaming stuff. And right. On their TV on top of right. it. It's pretty nice. I've, you know, our buddy Dugan has YouTube TV, and he really likes it, but I've always found it the most expensive route if you want TV on your stream, right. like streaming sites. Like, like I use Hulu Live, and I think it's like just it's under 80 or right around. No, it? It, they upped it to about 80. Yeah, of course. Uh, of course but, they upped But there. I get all the movies. I get on-demand TV series. You basically I get, get like, live TV. I get SEC sports. I get Big 12 yeah. sports. I get ACC sports. And that's all non-extra. I don't have to pay extra for that. I get Disney Plus, not extra. It's all part of the bundle. YouTube TV, what else do they fucking give me for eighty fucking dollars? Yeah, I have no idea. Not a damn fucking thing. I have no idea. Exactly. This is YouTube just absolutely bending and, over the consumer, saying, "Yeah, 
we know you're going to pay for this because it's football. And I know it's not the and NFL. And they're fucking right. It's not what the NFL uh, charged them because uh, Apple was literally going to buy it, the Sunday ticket. Apple was going to buy the Sunday ticket for just like a little bit less money and then tell the NFL, hey, we're going to charge less than what DirecTV charged so that way you guys get more viewers on your product. And the NFL said no. Said, uh, no, sir. So and it has enough. They direct TV basically paid the same price, just with the new economy or whatever jumping up. You know, there were inflation jumping up. They just paid a little bit more. It's not. It's the same stuff. I wonder how much this has to do with the fact that now we're going to have football all year round with the XFL, the USA, uh, the USFL, or whatever. That that is now driving the price up, which honestly, if you think about it, in my quickly thinking about it, I'm I'm intoxicated that if I have more product all year round, why am I going to charge more money? Granted, it's a higher quality of product, but I'm now going to increase the amount that was charged last year by from your your standards and I stand. Grant. Yeah, people are going to pay for it. it's fucking football, but you're going to increase it by. In one of your favorite words, exponential amount. Shit ton. It's a, it's a good amount. Here's the thing. It's not jump change. Did you buy a Sunday ticket last year? No, I used Chris's. I just talked to okay. him on the phone. You, see, you heard yeah. that. I, did I buy it? No. And we're two huge NFL fans. I mean, granted, you don't have to buy an NFL ticket because you're a Cowboys fan and they get televised every, every fucking week. week. I don't think I've missed a Cowboys game. I, as a Colts fan here in Kansas... We don't get televised every single week, so the only way I can fucking watch it is by logging into Chris's Sunday ticket and watching the game. How hard is it for you to know that someone spent hard-earned money so that you could watch the Colts lose? It's great. I wish I had this text message saved that he sent to me. He said, here's my Sunday NFL ticket so you can suffer when your team loses every week. That's basically the gist of what he sent me. Well, he wasn't wrong. He wasn't wrong. And you know what? I watched the vast majority of the first half of those games. Think about this, man. There are people out there that are buying the Sunday ticket to watch the Texans play football. I'm sorry. I don't think Texans fans in Houston are watching them for free. Oh, and then and then in past seasons, not this past season, but in, in past seasons before, there were Jets fans that were definitely paying for the Sunday ticket. Dude, there, there were Browns fans trying to oh sell their God. Sunday tickets. Like, hey, please, God, someone, I will sell you my login if you if you want it. Yeah, dude. I, I It's just getting so expensive. Like, all, all these streaming sites, basically, like, you know, the Netflixes and the Disney Pluses and all that. They're, some, they're somewhere between anywhere, like, $8.99 and, and 15 And then even this bigger stuff that's actually, like, TV and streaming is, like... All the way up to 80 80 Yeah. $80, $90. And then now you're jumping up with, like, oh, you want this specific package? It's an extra $300. Like... It's... it's as Americans... It's, it's getting hard to choose. Like, so you you kind of mm. have to, like, cancel your subscription to some stuff. Because when football season comes up, you want to spend your subscription You're, you're running on, on football, yeah. Right. Yeah. Like... It, it's hard for me quickly just to justify spending what what do we say three hundred fifty dollars almost four hundred bucks two fifty if you get it before June sixth yeah who gives a fuck uh, and then just you, to uh, watch and every for... just to watch every single game like I'm a Colts fan 
Granted, I don't need to watch the Colts play all the fucking time because we're still going through a rebuilding process, but I am content with watching our local games here, but the Monday game, and then I don't watch the Thursday games because but, fuck around and find hear out. Hear me out. Allegedly. Allegedly. You can watch those games on a site. sites. I remember, I said, allegedly. I have ne- I've never done it. It was good times when we were younger. When we, <laughs> you know, <laughs> allegedly, I've seen those sites, and you can watch the games on those. Party Card Sports does not endorse those sites. Period. No, do not endorse. Passing those sites, but I'm just feel free. They do exist, but feel free to help yourselves. It's just I, I feel like uh, pirating has gone up since price gouging, price gouging. has gone up. Yeah, absolutely. I I think so as well. I, I wonder. I feel like it used to be harder to find, like. Uh, streams too like I I'm, I think so you know what I'm shaking my head no at you but I do think that I go through TikTok and see people streaming games live all on the, the fucking time, TikTok dude. I'm sitting here I, like cool fuck yeah I can fuck around and watch this there was a couple of times where I was just like just flipping through and then one of the tournament games would be on and I'm like oh I could watch this for a yeah. little bit and I, the guy's like so who do you think is gonna win and I'm like shut up dude I'm looking at the game watch the fucking game <laughs> What so are you that, filming so this with a happening. fucking potato? Yeah. <laughs> so that's happening already. The UFC fights also mm-hmm. have to get pirated on. And now they're trying to charge you $500 to watch some football. Yeah. I mean, I remember when UFC fights used to be like 50 bucks, 40 bucks for a pay-per-view. Now Shoot, some of them weren't even worth money. They just play them on, on a, what's that? Dang, what's Spike. That? What used on to be Spike? Spike? TV, yeah. Before Paramount. Before Paramount. Yeah. It used to be Spike. Yeah, they used to be free. You could just walk, go in. I watch, I watch, used to watch Chuck Liddell fights and stuff on that all Beat the time. Beat the shit out of people. Yeah. And now, $100. No, they're still under $100. But they're... I had to ask my dad's wife, Debbie, but I think they're 70 or 80 bucks now for, for the top of the line. Yeah. And, and, it's freaking bonkers. It's freaking time, crazy. And half the time, like, there, there are only four... Only, for the main card, there's only like four or five fights... And there's only one that really there's you care about. There's only one that really matters. Right. And that's why when, uh, I can't remember what fight it was, but somebody like got knocked out like instantly, and I'm like, well, that was kind of a waste of $80. Worth the fucking $80 bucks or what? I, there, yeah. was, there was one night, I swear, there was more commercials and buildup for the main fight than there was fighting, because I'm pretty sure there was like three first-round knockouts Oh, yeah, three first-round, yeah. And I'm like, man, we're only... We're only two hours into this thing. Like they, they had to go back and show some of the prelims again yeah. because it's like, well, we got some fucking filler time, I guess. So everything's going up in prices. I will. I guess we have two buddies that are gonna. I, I, I have Dugan that's obviously gonna buy it, and I'm gonna go over there and watch it all the time. You have your brother; he'll give you his login. I'm gonna have it allegedly. <laughs> allegedly, give you his login. He's going to give me his login. You can't say he, that out loud. I, I can because you want to know why? He wants me to suffer. He wants me to watch the Colts suffer on how bad they do. And you know what? If he's willing to pay for it, I'm willing to suffer. <laughs> but like you said, it'll be interesting to see how this price may fluctuate or even go down over the I, next few years. It, I, hopefully it goes down because I think YouTube is just straight ramming. The fucking consumer. I don't think it'll go down. I think if anything go up, unless there's like a huge economic recession or something. 
I I feel like YouTube is about to get screwed on this deal. I think YouTube is going to see a huge drop off in their numbers that they have projected. I just wish there was something where uh, it was a streaming site. I could pay them money and I could watch whatever sport I wanted to. Like, here's, here's you know, the, the, let's say this price. Let's say like the $300, $400 price range, right? All year round. Let's say it's a year subscription, whatever. I pay that money. Now I can, oh, I want to watch this MLB game. Oh, I want to watch this basketball game. And anytime I want to, it's on. It's curling. Yeah, it's on the TV. I have it. No matter where it's at in the world, I can watch it. It's on. Why don't they have that? I don't understand. I feel like that would cost way too much money that no one's willing to pay. I'd be willing to pay for it. Dude, that's it. Plus, give me old ESPN back. I don't want, I don't want new ESPN. I want like some I want them to stop talking about stories and just show me highlights and and that's it. go what? Oh, boomer. <laughs> and then like Shaq and a fool or like uh what's that what's the uh, What the fuck is Shaq and a fool? What's that thing called where they make fun of people that make stupid plays? What's that called? The, the not, not top, top 10. 10. Yeah, I want I want that all back. Dude, your whole life is the not top 10 every fucking day when you wake up. No, I just go watch me play around at disc golf. <laughs> exactly. There's a whole bunch of not top 10s. So, we we, we kind of beat this thing over the head with a stick. Let's get into the little bit of football news that came out this week. And I do mean just the little bit of football news that came out this week. Odell signs one-year deal with the Ravens, $15 million with up to $18 million with his incentives. Your reactions when you saw this. The Ravens are fucking stupid. I initially thought that as well. However. I'm still thinking it. I don't think, I think that it's stupid for the amount of money. $15 million is way too much to, to spend so for Odell. So fucking money. I, they, they paid basically like top tier veteran money on a guy that's been injured all last season. Yeah, hasn't and, played basically a whole and year. And paraded himself around the NFL. Yeah, trying to get a job. I I would be more okay with this deal from the Ravens standpoint if it was like, Ten million. Eight million. I, I, I think ten million would still be okay, but fifteen okay. base Hear up to out. eighteen. Hear me out. Yes, I'm asking. Two knee surgeries. He's old. Let's. I'm just gonna straight up say he's old. He's older. He's yeah. out of football for an entire year. He's thrown this whole circus. He's a distraction. Whole distraction circus. Around the NFL at the end of last year, wanted to maybe just play the playoffs, blah, blah, Try to blah, get in on the ships, all this yeah. No, news. And then on top of that, he is not good for any locker room he's ever been in. Yeah, he, he's a cancer, I, th- I think for sure. Yeah, and you're going to pay that $15 million. $15 million up to $18. Up to $18. Are you, you know what this sounds like to me? I'm feeling you about to tell me. It sounds like the Browns made a deal somehow for the Ravens. That's what it sounds like. Because this is dumb. Look. This is a dumb, dumb move. The Ravens needed a number one receiver. I don't disagree with you. Now, whether they got him or not, the season's going to tell us that story with Odell. However, as I was saying before, I was shrewdly interrupted. 
For $15 million, I think they reached. And I think they overpaid. By a lot. By about $5 million. I think $10 million would have been sufficient to say, Odell, we want you. But we're only willing to pay $10 million. No incentives. I think a bunch of people were offering him that. I think there was a... And, I, a, and better situations, I bet, were offering. Honestly, that. I don't think anybody was offering. Period. Then how Then how did his... I, I, th- I think the only other team that might have offered Odell... How did his agent get this deal? The only other teams I could see offering Odell. And all the Chiefs fans are going to hate me, but I bet the Chiefs offered Odell. But they didn't offer him anywhere even near $10 million. I bet they offered him more like 7 or 6 because eight, they could yeah. promise a fucking ship. I'm at least I'm, a chance at a ship. I'm telling you right now, seven or eight should have got the deal done. If for a ship, sure. For anybody. But Odell being with the Ravens kind of makes sense. Like I said, they need a number one. You and I have just agreed that they need a true number one. Yes. Will the season tell us if Odell can be their number one? Sure. I can tell you right now, he won't. Who else is going to step up? He's going to be their number one, but it's not going to be because he's a number one. It, Listen, it, he wasn't even a number one in the last situation he was in. When he was with the Rams, he was the number two. Obviously, Cooper Cup was the one. Obviously. Eh, I mean, was he targeted a lot? Yeah. But was it also because Matt Stafford didn't really want to push the ball as deep downfield to OBJ? Sure. Okay. But... I'm not. I'm not taking anything away from Cooper Cup or what you're trying to say. Cooper Cup is a great receiver, and yes, I'm using your favorite word, great. I think he Cooper is Cup, a great receiver. He's a great, great receiver. Good hands, good route running, gets open. Some would argue the best in the, in the NFL. Who I said the some. who? I said some. Who was that dumb? Some that would argue that? There's some out there. I bet they're LA fans. They're fucking stupid, LA. I, I'm just saying. Some would argue, but I, I, we kind of digress about the whole. Odell thing. I'm not digressing. It's dumb. They haven't even shirt up their quarterback. And they paid this guy $15 million. They haven't quote unquote shirt. I've gone on record on this podcast for several weeks. Lamar's not going anywhere. Lamar is going to play in Baltimore this season. I hope OBJ gets real used to catching balls from Huntley. OBJ will not get used to catching ball from Hundley because you want to know who will? And we're going to talk about him here in probably a few minutes. And that's going to be Mark Andrews, who caught a lot of balls from Hundley last year. But anyways, how much of how much of this OBJ signing do you think is the Ravens, one, trying to get a receiver, or two, trying to make Lamar happy and getting him a quote-unquote weapon? The biggest gripe for Ravens is literally like they had Hollywood Brown, which in my mind isn't it's, even that good of a wide receiver. Who's, who's no better than Odell, they had in my opinion. Ba- ba- Bateman, Rashad last Bateman. Year and they still got Rashad Bateman. God, I know, but they, I can't remember who the other guy is, but they got hurt, hurt a lot last year and they were just here and there. Basically, the argument had really been like, well, Deshaun, ja- not Deshaun Jackson, <laughs> Lamar Jackson. Has always never had a number one wide receiver on his team. Eh, sure. So, by telling Lamar, hey, we were willing to go get you Odell Beckham Jr. And we paid up for him so that you could have somebody to throw to. May give incentive. But, guess what? Odell already told us 
that Lamar told him. There's no assurance. There's no assurance. To put a small wrinkle in your logic there. Yes, Lamar Jackson hasn't had a true number one. But that offensive system doesn't rely on a true number one. <coughs> because Hollywood Brown, wicked fast, stretches the field, depth. Rashad Bateman, stretches the field, depth. Mark Andrews, short underneath route. Your check downs with... <coughs> your, your check downs with your running backs, whether it's Dobbs or Ingram or whomever. Dobbs wasn't there one of the running backs? J.K. Dobbins? Dobbins, sure. Whatever. I don't give a fuck. He's a fucking check down. He's not even a check down. The guy is like a power runner. He could be a check down. You know, J.K. Dobbins. Block, block to check down. And here's another thing. How do you even know those guys are going to be playing? J.K. Dobbins and... I'm not. I'm just saying... The Edwards that are there are so injury prone, it's ridiculous. I'm just saying, like, in general, I'm talking over the last couple seasons. Do you want to hear a prediction from me? A bold prediction? Because... Sure. Send it. Bullson. Okay, so last year... Cody's Lamar, way too early prediction. Lamar Jackson got hurt. Mark Andrews got hurt. J.K. Dobbins got hurt. Jess Edwards got hurt. You know, basically the whole Ravens offense got hurt. With the exception of their offense line. I'm not wishing this upon anybody. It sounds like you're wishing it. But I just have a bold prediction that a certain someone may or may not get a non-contact injury on this field. It turns out by that, by that, uh, what what we do it, the uh, the grade card thing that we did like what week three of the podcast? Yeah. Turns out their trading staff fucking sucks. No shit, I wouldn't have never guessed. <laughs> turns out. So so for a guy with two knee injuries in his career, full restructured, is now going to one of the worst trading medical staffs. staffs. Yeah. In the NFL. Oh, wow. Stupid. It's all stupid. He obviously wanted a bag and not a championship, obviously. So, short, short answer here. Is this a, poor, a ploy to make Lamar happy, yes or no? Most definitely. To make Lamar happy. Now. Now, is Lamar happy with this? I don't know. He has to be. He, he can't not be happy. I would have been much more happy if maybe they traded for DeAndre Hopkins. What are they going to trade for? I don't know. Figure it out. People have stuff. Yeah, we're, we're going to trade Lamar Jackson for D-Hop. I mean, how, how many other wide receivers have been moved around? I, DJ Chark could have been a good pickup. DJ Chark could have. I think DJ Chark would have been a better pickup than Odell. I think so, too. I he oh, Chark still has some years on his Absolutely. On his but to get, somebody in, to get somebody in fringe is different than getting somebody in trade. The Ravens don't have enough capital to trade that they're willing to trade with and stay in playoff contention. Their their defense is already built to be a playoff team. Their offense needs help. So they're not obviously going to trade any of their offensive players or their offensive line to help. They can't trade in their defense because it, their defense is already built perfectly to make a long run in the playoffs. How Do you remember how much Adam Thielen got for Carolina? Uh, I'm looking it up right now. I want to say 12? 12 and a half? He got three years, 25 million. So I would have rather got him. So three years. He's barely ever injured. He's barely ever injured. Plays all the time. And that's cheap. That's a cheaper deal 
than Odell. Yeah, it's over three years, but he doesn't miss games. And he does, doesn't ever get injured. And he's sure-handed. I'm not saying I'm not saying Odell isn't, but that sounds like a better deal than that. I have a hard time committing to Adam Thielen because of his age, because of how old he is over Odell. How old is Odell? Uh, I would say he's a good number of years younger than Adam Thielen. Adam Thielen's 32, Odell Beckham's 30. He's just two years. Two years is a lot. Those are fun. Okay, guess what? Those two years get added back because those are two knee surgeries that that <laughs> motherfucker's already had. Okay, all right, yeah. All right, I'll take that. I'll take that. You're right. You're right. So they're both, quote, I unquote, guess, 32. I guess you could say the ceiling is much higher for a guy Odell, like Odell. absolutely. Than a, than a Thielen. But Thielen's a sure thing. But. I bet Thielen, listen, Thielen doesn't bring controversy to your locker room. Odell does. I agree. If things start to go bad, you remember Odell when he was in New York with when when the Giants were completely abysmal. But what between you and me and everyone listening to this yeah. Do you think Lamar and Adam Thielen would mesh the same way Lamar and Odell would mesh? I'll as, answer as that for friends? you. Like, no. can they talk and hang out and go eat sushi together? On the field. I don't know, maybe. On the field. I, I'm sorry to tell you this, but no. And when things yeah, do... Yeah, because Thielen would be like, here, catch me the ball, throw me the ball, and then Lamar would chuck it like 10 feet over his head. And here's the thing. And when things do go wrong, when they go wrong, Adam Thielen would not and will not overreact as OBJ would and will. And that's going to be like you said, the News. cancer, the cancer in the locker room. Yeah, I know. But I think that the, the chemistry between Odell and Lamar, whether, whether it's going to be good or bad is going to be better than the chemistry between Lamar and Thielen, because Thielen, I think you and I can both agree is very, Looking at his demeanor on the field, it's very laid back. Like, whether he makes the play or doesn't make the play, whether his quarterback makes the throw or makes an awful throw, which we watch Kirk Cousins make a bunch of terrible throws, Adam Thielen, like, yeah, no big deal. You know, whatever. But OBJ, whether it's a good throw or a bad throw, he's always going to bitch. Same thing with Lamar Jackson. Whether he throws a good ball and OBJ catches it or whether he throws a bad bad ball and OBJ catches it or doesn't catch it, they're always going to bitch. I just think they, they vastly over. I, I agree. It, no, I haven't I haven't disagreed with that the entire time we talked about this. I guess the ceiling's there, but I if I just if, I, if you just add him and you give me the entire rest of the offense, I don't see a ticker that ticked up enough from it being like this may be a playoff team. I and it went yeah, no, like, I, I don't, this I'm, may be a yeah. playoff team. It that move went from this may be a playoff team. Oh, we signed Odell. Oh, it's still it may, may be, be a playoff, playoff team. team. Right. It, it really is going to depend on that defense, and it's really going to depend on whether Lamar Jackson plays at his high level. Period. Yeah. So, moving on. I think I just don't like the guy. You don't like you Odell? 
I was I was kind of all for like, oh, this might be cool to have him on the on the Cowboys team and yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, so, oh that's okay no, no, no. if he's listen, on the Cowboys. Listen. He's not a cancer on the Cowboys listen, team. Listen, listen. It, it, this is all last year when it's like he can come in and help us make a run at the playoffs and blah blah blah. I'm like, yeah, uh, you know, it wouldn't be bad. That wouldn't be a bad deal at all. And then it, he was talking about like how it would be like an eight million dollar contract just for the playoffs. I'm like, that's ridiculously stupid. And then the whole like. Uh, making something just last so long because he's like, oh, I want to be in the news. I want to be in the news. And that just got old. And it was just like, listen, he's just a show. He's a clown. Yeah. He's a clown. Absolutely. I had a, so that just soured it for me. I, I was trying, you know what? I was back on the Odell Beckham train for a little while. So I'm like, it wasn't his fault in Cleveland. It was like, people wanted to blame him a bunch in Cleveland for the bad play. And I was like, oh man, it's not really Odell's fault. And then he went to the Rams, won a Super Bowl, played great, got hurt. I felt like, oh, man, that sucks because he was on his way to be, like, the Super Bowl MVP. And then he tore his ACL. And boom, he, he did the whole Odell Beckham crap again, and he pissed me off. Last thing about Odell, Be- Odell Beckham, and then we'll move on. Odell's career is made by one catch, yes or no? Oh, 100%. One catch, the T-Rex catch. Listen, it was the one catch against the biggest team in the NFL. At the time. No, no. It was the Cowboys, the biggest team in the NFL, period. At the time. The period. At at that time. If you still go look at who gets the most views, who sells the most jerseys. so Who who cares? At that point in time, Odell Beckham's catch was saw by the most amount of people it could have been seen by. Who, Who cares about jersey sales? Listen, no, I'm saying he caught the ball versus a team that eyeballs are on constantly. Either you love them, you hate them, you're watching that game to hope they lose. And that made fans just bust. Busting up. <laughs> I'll say it for you. Just, and that's it. That's, all right. that's it. That's all he has. All right, moving on. I'll talk about this, then you can go on your conspiracy theories if you want. Jeff Okuda traded from Detroit to Atlanta for a fifth-round pick. Not real big news, but Atlanta really did kind of need a corner, even though they didn't need a corner, because on their preseason roster, Jeff Okuda now makes 13 corners on their preseason roster. I don't understand why they're doing that. Well, mostly because Atlanta only had one returning corner from last season, so... Most likely, Jeff is going to be their second, maybe their third corner, depending on some of these other, basically 11 other corners. So, other than that, you had some conspiracy oh, the theories. Only thing I was going to say about that Akuda thing is that the, they, the Lions traded him away, right? Right, yeah. Traded him for, for the The Lions DC used to coach. In Atlanta. No. Yes, Atlanta. So they... Wait, am I thinking of somebody different? No, no, no. Who does Devin White play for? You know who I'm talking about? No. I, I didn't do this deep dive. Gosh dang it. I just had this. Okay. The Buccaneers. Okay. The DC for the Lions used to coach for the Buccaneers. Guess who just went on the trading block for the Buccaneers? Devin White. They traded away Akuda. I think so that they can trade to get Devin White. That was my conspiracy theory. I was gonna, I was gonna throw down. So, 
Detroit traded Akuda to open up a spot for Devin White. Yeah. Interesting. That's what I think. Because I he's a past player from the defensive coordinator. That's just, that's just a rumor I was, I was hearing. That could happen. However, I think the... Don't be surprised if it does. The more practical thing is that I think... Detroit might take just a young corner in the draft, probably in the fourth round. Well, the, Akuda was a third uh, third round draft pick, right? Or don't care. No, he's a, not a third round number three overall draft pick. Yeah, I, that I, seems usually when you draft someone that high per draft capita, you play them a bunch. I don't know, and he's I, not bad. He's pretty good. I mean. He's got three years experience, and they got rid of him for a fifth-round pick, so that says that he's not very good because he's only had two interceptions in his entire career. Well, maybe career. they just didn't want him, want him to be an expense What good, they can get a just as good corner. What good corner only has two picks in his first three years? I don't know. How many picks does Jalen Ramsey usually get? More about, than, more no, than what, two what a year. Drew Revis? Drew Revis never intercepted the ball. He was just shut down. Yeah, he also didn't give up fucking yards. This guy, Okuda, still get, <laughs> gives up yards. Well my, well, my whole thing is is I think that they're getting rid of him so they don't have to pay him, and then they can pick up someone that's just as good in a Devin White for much cheaper. Well, Okuda was going to be cheap this year. Now, next year, his fourth year on his rookie deal was going to be expensive. It was going to be like $10 million. Now, the only <clears> other, uh, you know, conspiracy out there is that the, the GM... For the Vikings was real nonchalant and real vague about the future of Dalvin Cook being in Minnesota. And hearsay and rumors say that he might get released or traded. He's definitely not gonna get released. That that's what they mean. They would they would save about eight million dollars. Eight million against how much they've already paid him for this year. Because his ro- his roster bonus or signing bonus is already due because it's already a- after the due date, which was the end of so, oh, March. Oh, sorry. They have the dead money would be about eight million, and the the savings would be about fourteen million. Okay, so so that that would be enough. The fourteen million. So it's fourteen, but they're already dead right now with eight. Eight. If they were to release him, so just straight up release. You don't release one of the best running backs in the league. Period. Even to save $14 million. Unless you have something to do with that $14 million. Obviously, they're not going to go after a quarter a quarterback because as much as I gave shit for Deshaun Watson and his fully guaranteed deal, I always forgot about Kirk Cousins and his contract being fully guaranteed. I completely always yeah, spaced they, that off. Yeah, but when they made that contract, that was the highest anybody's ever been paid. And it was fully and guaranteed. And it set the market, and now it's now it looks like a low contract compared to everybody else. Who cares? It was fully guaranteed. It's it's still the freaking Browns' fault because they were fully guaranteed someone that hadn't played in a whole dang year. All right. Either way, I don't see Dalvin Cook being released. Guy sounded real vague. The GM sounded real vague, like he wanted to move on. Now Dalvin Cook to who? Madison? I don't know who. Some are they? Draft. Are they going to draft? Maybe they draft. Could they? Could they trade Dalvin Cook up and move up in the That's draft to get I'm Deshaun thinking. Robinson? Absolutely. That's what I'm thinking. But the only running back that I could see moving up for is Deshaun Robinson. 
Bajan. Bajan. I keep on saying Deshaun. Sorry, Bajan Robinson. Other than that, I don't. I don't Dobbs see. Is, Dobbs is up there. I'd rather have Dalvin Cook. I listen. I'm just saying that's the rumors that are floating around. In in the news, he's been voted around like that. In some, like we've said before, every every guy that might be traded or released floats to the Cowboys. Uh, I think the only wheel. I think they only float to the Cowboys because Cowboys fans and you want them to float to well, the Cowboys. And they know we need a running back, so they're just throwing out ideas of all the run. It's just Derrick Henry still has a chance of getting released or traded. Most likely traded on draft night. Same with this. Same with Delvin Cook. I don't think there. There's not a doubt in my mind right now where at any point in time, Derrick Henry or Dalvin Cook may get traded at some point during the draft. Most likely in the first two days. Now that I know that Dalvin Cook is on the block, I think Dalvin Cook would get traded before Derrick Henry. I don't think Derrick Henry moves, period. I think Derrick Henry wants Derrick Henry to move. No. Derrick Henry, I think, is ready to finish out his contract and then retire. Derrick Henry wants a Super Bowl. Derrick Henry does not deserve a Super Bowl. How dare you talk about the king like that? Now, don't get me wrong. I love the way Derrick Henry plays ball. The way that I like to see football played. Between the tackles and just smash mouth football. beast. Like a boss. But Derrick Henry is a dinosaur on the way the game of football is played in today's game. The same way that Zeke is a dinosaur in the way that the game of football is played in today's game. Now, Dalvin Cook can run between the tackles not as efficiently as Zeke or Derrick Henry, but does have the abilities to play in today's game of catching the ball out of the backfield, running outside the tackles, being very versatile as a back. Can't block very well, but neither can Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry's blocking ability fucking sucks for a big body. He can't block for shit. Period. But Derrick Henry's still a premier back, All's on, but only in specific offenses and schemes. All I'm trying to tell you is when there's smoke, there's fire. And so there has been a whole bunch of smoke surrounding these veteran running backs not being on their teams anymore. And if that leads me to believe anything, he's that's pretty fire. Well, that doesn't surprise me coming from a Cowboys fan who's been blowing a bunch of fucking smoke the last fucking five years. Five years? Who's been blowing smoke for five Dude. years? On paper, you and I have agreed that the Cowboys have been one of the better teams. And that's the truth. On paper. And that's the truth. Blowing smoke. Because they show up and don't do a damn fucking I'm thing. I'm not blowing no smoke. That's, blowing that's fucking smoke. That's them players. Do you have anything else to add? Because I'm ready to move on anything after this shit. Anything productive to add? Probably not. I know no, you don't. No, I don't. But if you want me to sit here and talk to you about, about the Cowboys blowing smoke, possibly going to the Dallas Cowboys, no, we, I could I could definitely talk for hours about how any any player in the NFL you know what Dalvin could Cowboys. go to the Indianapolis Colts. I don't fucking know. They might trade JT. They probably should. They're wasting JT's career. They they are. To be 100% honest with you, they are. But Bunch you know of, what? Bun- that, Fuck around and find out. They, don't care. They should rebrand. Indianapolis Colts, the Indianapolis Craps. (laughs) 
I can see it now. Two dice, four and a three for seven on the helmets. It's going to be great. No, I was more picturing like a swirly dookie. Like the shit sandwiches? Yeah, exactly. What, South Army Institute of Technology? (laughs) That's what what you're called. Listen. I'm listening. We, I'm just saying all Scott brought up, and now you're being a dick about it. (laughs) I'm just saying. You just want everything to go back to the Cowboys, and I'm just giving it to you. Listen. Listen. I'm just saying. You remember how they used to tell people? Before this even happened, I never even heard about Dalvin Cook being released, allegedly. You remember how they tell people, hey, the world doesn't revolve around you. The world does not revolve around you. Apparently revolves around Cowboys It revolves around the Dallas Cowboys. It turns out. (laughs) Turns out. At least you guys would like to think about it that way. All right, moving on. I'm done. I'm tired of it. Cody, this is your segment. This is where you get to take over. This is where you get to be the Capitone. All right. Ranking fantasy. Tight ends and running backs. Of ranking early, way too wicked early fantasy rankings by your boy. By your boy, Cody. We're going to start out with the tight ends today. One th- or I'm going to start with five and work my way up to one. So you're going to start your top five. My top five. In a PPR league. PPR. Or just in general. PPR. For PPR. So uh, you're number could, five. We could work it in general, but my mind was working in PPR because that's what I All right, do. so I think everybody's pretty Very much sta- is PPR. Standard has pretty much changed to a PPR or half point PPR, which is pretty much the same thing. In my research... There was a slight switch in the top five for PPR to standard. Sure, because but that more was touchdown about it. dependent players that right. make more. But yeah. Anyway, this is I'm starting off number five. Dalton Schultz, now Tennessee, Tennessee, Houston, Houston Texan, Dalton Schultz. Now here's the reason. Here's the reasonings why he had already been a top ten tight end with the Dallas Cowboys. Correct. Yeah. Now, you mm-hmm. might be thinking, Cody, here's your bias again. The world doesn't always revolve around the Cowboys, blah, 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 blah. That's not, that has nothing to do with this kid at all. I, personally, was never that big of a Schultz fan in the first place. I was. But now that he has left a extremely filled receiving room and is now going to a very lackluster receiving room with a Possibly brand new quarterback. Which? Loves to throw it to tight ends. And who's a better safety blanket than an already proven guy that they just paid $8 million to? That's right. The Houston Texans, Dalton Schultz. And since he's already been a top eight, I'm just going to increase those numbers. I'm putting him up to number five. He's going to be a surefire, low floor, could possibly be a high ceiling. I like Dalton Schultz, and I like him because he he is ninety nine point nine percent chance going to have a rookie quarterback, which you've heard me say time and time again. A rookie quarterback's favorite or his safety best players. friend safety is players. a tight end in the NFL. However, I don't like Dalton Schultz at number five. Yeah. I like him just out the outside of the top five, probably around seven or eight. That when he was playing. Without Dak Prescott, when Dak Prescott was hurt, he was a top five tight end during the time play where Dak Prescott was not on the field. So that means when 
Andy Dalton came in the, that year that Dak was hurt, and when Cooper Rush and even Danucci came in, he was the number one target. Now, that's the exact same situation he's going into right now with Houston. And you can't, now you can't Brandon Cooks now same. Brandon Cooks isn't even on that team anymore. He is the number one and possibly the most talented receiver at all on that entire team. I'm not going to disagree with that last part that you said, but it's not the exact same in the way that when this rookie quarterback, whoever it is, comes in, is going to get a lot of reps with the number one receivers, with the number one team, where Andy Dalton, Ben DiNucci, Cooper Rush didn't get all those reps with the number one receivers. But you know who they got a lot of reps with? All the tight ends, because all the tight ends still play with the backup quarterbacks because someone's got to run the checkdowns. They don't got enough running backs. So I, I like Dalton Schultz. I don't like him in the top five. Like I said, I like him around seven or eight. Go with your number four. Number four. And this is a hard one to do because I personally really, really like this tight end, but with so much injury problems with so much, uh, is he a good blocker and all this other yada, yada, yada. Is he going to be healthy enough to play a season? Can he make through a whole season? All this is George Kittle. In my mind, probably the most talented tight end out there, athleticism-wise. Just fantastic player. You're looking at me like I'm stupid. George Kittle is probably way more athletic than any other tight end. Who, who are you going to say? Who are you going to say? Oh, I'm I'm sorry. I'm not a Chiefs fan, but Travis Kelsey's a fucking stud. Because they force feed him the ball. Who, who Travis Kelsey is Listen, way more athletic than George Travis Kittle. Kelsey. George Kittle's a better athlete by far. He's Wrong. a better tight end, period. Wrong. Stop. Shut up. This is This is George your segment, Kittle, I'm sorry. If Go. he doesn't if he doesn't get injured, his ceiling's super high. I agree. Yep. If he gets injured, this is why he jumps down in rankings. There is a risk right here, and that's why he's only four and not up in, like, the two spot where he should normally be. So, in this, in this case, why wouldn't you jump in your top five? Why wouldn't you jump Schultz being a proven player who is not injury-prone over Kittle? Because his Schultz's ceiling isn't as high. Okay. I just, I just want to get We're talking about there. even though last year he missed two games. No, sorry, three games. He missed three games. George Kittle has 11 touchdowns, second most out of any other tight end. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And he was still the tight end three. That's why I'm saying there is risk because he misses a lot of games. So what you're saying is if if a fantasy manager is going to draft Kittle early, they they should maybe take a risk late in the rounds to draft a second tight end. Potentially. No. No. I'm saying if he's there and drops an extra round. So he's possibly going in the second or third round. If he drops through the third round or even the fourth round, I usually need to pick him up. But there's that risk of him getting injured. 100%. But I can, his I can upside agree with that. I can is so see much that. higher. Yeah, I can agree with that. His cool. upside is being the Travis Kelsey without being Travis Kelsey. And his downside is, is he could be injured. 
So you got number five, Dalton Schultz. Number four, George Kittle. Who's your number three? A surprising guy from last year made a resurgence after switching teams. And that's Evan Ingram at my number three. Got a brand new life when he went over to the Jacksonville Jags. Brand new quarterback, Trevor Lawrence. Kind of just shocked the fantasy world last year out of nowhere. He was the number five tight end last year. And that that comes on top of like, he just got to Jacksonville. So I only, I only see improvements there. He's not the number one option, which is why he's sitting down in a the number three spot. But they don't have DJ Chark anymore to stretch the exactly, field. Exactly. No more DJ Chark. But Calvin Ridley's still there. They have they have other weapons. He's not the number one. But he's only grown more with Trevor Lawrence. And Trevor Lawrence is also getting even better as a quarterback. The quarterback you suspected him to be coming out of the draft. So I only see upside for Evan Ingram. And I already had thought Evan Ingram was a top tier tight end before i only think he gets better like i said number five last year on the year if he increases his touchdowns just a little bit to amount for how much yardage he had he'll be right he'll be number one honestly if he if he just can up his touchdowns and stay consistent with his yardage he'll be a great pick i i like that at number three i do because with like I said, they ha- they lost DJ Chark, but they still have Calvin Ridley who can stretch the field. They have Christian and Cook, Kirk that can get open. They still have a solid running back with Travis Etienne. The offense is awesome there. They are very balanced, and I think I think you hit the nail right on the head. Evan Ingram can be everything that the Jacksonville Jaguars want him to be. He can pass block, he can run block, and he can get open. Yeah, in my mind, in my mind, the way I see it is, is an Evan Ingram, his his low is where Dalton Schultz's high is, and his mm. and his high is where Kittle's Travis Kelsey can be. Boy, you are fucking reaching there on the fucking high, son. So that's that's why I'm putting him dead in the middle. I think I think you got him right at dead in the middle. I don't think I don't think anybody's gonna regret. Drafting Ingram, period. Now I'm going to move on to my number two. Yeah, number you, two is pretty obvious. Two? It's a pretty obvious guy. And I think he made a very great move in the offseason. And that's Darren Waller. Changing up teams, going to the Giants, going to get some Danny Dots this year. Now you might be saying, Cody, Darren Waller gets injured all the time too he's he's your kittle he has the same argument i go you yeah you might be right you might be right but hear me out mate hear me out on this one name one other new york giants wide receiver pass that is exactly what i wanted you to say there aren't any he is literally the only receiving option for Daniel Jones, which is going to have to force feed him the rock. They paid him like a number one wide receiver, basically. They will be forcing him the ball all day long. And he was already the, the best, I think, before 
Devontae Adams was there, the best wide receiver on the Raiders, and you saw all the great fantasy seasons he had there. So then take him to New York, which really has no wide receivers at all. You put him on a pretty good offense, even without wide receivers. Sure. And now he's scoring even more. Probably jumps his touchdowns up a bunch. Where I don't like Darren Waller at your number two slot, right? We're at number two. Yeah. Is that although I would say he's a good tight end. The fact that he, he and Daniel Jones have to rely on Saquon being hot in the run game to open up that pass game because Darren Waller doesn't line up as a quote-unquote tight end a lot. He lines up off the tackle, split away from the, the line of scrimmage. Number one right receiver. Basically, yeah. A really good slot receiver who is listed as a tight end. That is where I have the problem with getting Darren Darren Waller at the number two tight end. I think Darren Waller is a solid, like you said, slot receiver. I think he's a slot, solid tight end. But to put him at number two, you talk about ceilings and floors. Son, that fucking floor is all the way down to the ground at the bottom of the league. The only way his floor hits that low is if he gets injured again. Wrong. The only way that floor gets that low is if Saquon can't fucking run the ball. If Saquon can't run the ball, like you said, they don't have any other... Hold on. Nope. Shut up. I'm talking. They don't have any other wide receivers. Who the fuck do you think they're going to guard? Who who do you think they're going to put their nickel back on? There ain't no question that Saquon's going to be able to run the ball. Maybe. There Maybe ain't no question. Now here, here, this is going to be a year where Darren Waller goes right back up to his thousand, thousand plus yard receiving, and he's going to have, I'm going to call it right now, double digit touchdowns. Mm. For the first time in his career, I'm calling double digit touchdowns. I think he has double digit touchdowns. I don't think he has a thousand yards receiving. I think he has a thousand. I don't think he's at that. And I think he finishes at at tight end two as his high, and at the very least, he'd finish at tight end three. For yards? For yards or for For fantasy points? For all-around fantasy points. Mm, I don't know. I think he he might land in the top five, but I don't think it's going to be that high. So who's your number one? Let me get some honorable mentions real quick. For the top... Honorable mentions for the top five. I I don't like the fact that I had to leave out Mark Andrews. Solid tight end. He's going to get his targets and his touches. I personally really like Mark Andrews as a tight end. The problem is, is some things are working against him right now. And that would be the fact that Odell was signed. You may think that doesn't have an impact, but I'm sure it has some little bit of impact on targets. Then there's no for sure... Saying that Lamar is playing. And Mark Andrews was good with, really good with Lamar. And Huntley. And, and not as great with Huntley. He still got his targets and touches with Huntley. So I had to keep him off for that specific reason. And then I also wanted to give a watch out for, like a do not draft or like a watch out if this guy's there. And that would be Higby. For the Los Angeles Rams. All last year, through so many uh, fantasy football 
talk, so much analysts, all this stuff. Tyler Higby was supposed to be a top five tight end. He was talked about it, all this. And if you watched at all any LA game this year, Cooper Cup was hurt most of the season. They were back up to so many uh, wide receivers I didn't even know the name of. And yet, Tyler Higby never got an increase in targets, never got an increase in touchdowns, never got an increase in yards, nothing. He was a non-factor, completely drop off the table. Do not listen to fantasy analysts about Tyler Higby. Don't do it. Unless Eckler gets injured. No, no, no. Or gets traded. L.A. Rams. L.A. Rams. You're thinking of Austin Eckler. He plays for Austin the Nichols. Chargers. Oh, fuck. I always forget so, that. <laughs> no. Get those two mixed so, up for some reason. So. L.A. L.A. Rams. Do not pick. And Sean McVay has never singled out his tight ends. Ever. He doesn't care about him. He's a wide receiver guy. He doesn't care. So do not believe the hype in Tyler Higby. Now let's go to the number one pick. Number and one it's, pick. It's obvious. I mean, it's going to be everybody's number one pick at, at tight end. He's been the number one tight end for like the past five years. Travis Kelsey. Uh, do I have to say much about Travis Kelsey? Uh, he catches the most balls. He's force-fed the most balls. He's got the most touchdowns. Uh, he doesn't get injured. The only thing I can say bad about the guy is he may not be the best run blocker in the world. Yeah, yeah, he can't. He can't run block very well. He doesn't. He doesn't do turnovers. He's first in TDs every year. He's first in yardage every year. Shoot, he keeps up with wide receivers in yardages. But you talk about a team like the Chiefs who don't have a true number one receiver. Exactly. Their true number one receiver is their tight end. Yeah. No, hundred percent. The same as what you're projecting that the Giants have with Darren Waller. With Darren Waller. Yes. Not a true number one receiver, but they have Darren Waller. Yeah, but the difference is... He's not is Travis Andy Kelsey. Reed, Andy Reid specifically loves to just get Kelsey the ball. I wouldn't even say he loves to get Kelsey the ball. It's just that Mahomes knows, like, okay, yeah, I'm not going to throw it to that guy. Where's Kelsey at? Yeah, and here's Boom. the thing. Kelsey's a physical guy, too. Like, if yeah. you throw up a jump ball to Kelsey, you know, you want to go get it. He's yeah. competitive. He has that nature in him. He, like, he's 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 a mismatch against a linebacker. Reason, he's a mismatch against a corner. He's a mismatch against... It's, I, it's hard to guard him. I guarantee you, the only reason me and you don't like Travis Kelsey is because he plays for the Chiefs. <laughs> Wrong. I don't like Travis Kelsey because he's... Yeah. I don't like his fucking attitude. I love the way he plays football. You like his fucking attitude if he's on your team. Oh. I love the way he plays ball, but his fucking bullshit attitude that I can't say words on this podcast. There is not a chance he's not the number one tight end unless for some oddity reason he gets hurt. Yeah. And let's, he hasn't missed, a, he's only missed one game. I'm not going to knock on in the past five, five years. Hurt. He has only missed one game in the last five years. And guess what? That same game, he missed one game, is the highest amount of yardages he's ever put up in a season. So wow. that one game had non-factor in how much yards he put up. So Travis Kelsey's easily the number one. He might, he's the only tight end I would even consider drafting in the, the first, first round. round. I, I think most mock he's drafts only, have him going late first, early second. He's the only tight end I would consider drafting in the first two rounds. 
I agree. Yeah. So to rank your top five with the top five of the research that I did via fantasypros.com for PPR, number five being George Kittle, which I I agree with George Kittle at five. It's a little low, but yeah. Number, f- you had Kittle at four, didn't you? So I said a little low at five. I put him at four. Oh, a little low. A little low. They're about right. And number four is the only one I really kind of disagree with, with with Kyle Pitts. Because we don't really know. He's been hot doo-doo for yeah, two years. He just, he just hasn't produced. I don't like Kyle Pitts at four. Fantasy Pros, I think, kind of fucked, fucked up on that one. TJ Hawkinson. because he's a name. That's the only yeah. reason Kyle Pitts is there. He was drafted in the first round, and he's a name. TJ Hawkinson at three. I kind of like, I would like him more at four, maybe five or six. But at three is okay. Mark Andrews at two, which I agree with. Mark Andrews is going to get his touches regardless of OBJ, regardless of who the quarterback is. Mark Andrews is going to get his touches. Will he get the touchdowns? I don't think so. But will he get his touches and his yards? Absolutely. And obviously, number one, Travis Kelsey. There's no debate who the number one tight end is for fantasy. It's going to be Travis Kelsey. easy pick there. So moving on, running backs. Hit me. You're number five. Right meow. It's, it's very simple. It's Tony Pollard. I like Tony Pollard at five, six. I, I agree with that. Uh, He's going to get his touches for, in the run game. He's going to get his touches out of the backfield in the pass game. I think he's going to be a fantasy machine. Mm, running back five is, is pushing it. With Zeke on the team last year, he had a 1,000-yard rushing. That's with Zeke taking most of... The snaps, everything like that. Now, no Zeke. At this point, there's a bunch of rumors and hypotheticals about them getting a running back, but they may not. He may be the set-in-stone starter. In fact, the only reason he's sitting at number five is because of his injury in the playoff game, breaking his leg. Now, I have some stats here. Without Zeke last year, Tony Pollard... Played in two games completely without Zeke. One of those games, he had 131 yards and three touchdowns rushing, averaging 9.4 yards a carry. In the second game, he got 115 yards, averaging 5.2 with a touchdown. Also contributing in the receiving game. Absolutely. PPR, scat back, PPR machines. If you can get a running back that can average you like 40, or not 40, sorry, about 60, 65 yards a game, and then also catch like five passes a game with like 40 yards in receiving, you're looking at a number one running back all day. But, like I said, has some doubts. There's been rumors, like there always is, about Cowboys picking up running back. There's been rumors that maybe his injury is going to be lingering because he broke his leg. I don't really feel like bone injuries are that big of a deal in the NFL. Maybe in the past, not anymore. Not when you have the best training staff. But according exactly, to the report card. Best training staff. But Tony Pollard, by the stats and how he's played in the past, has the potential to be a top three running back very, very easily. For fantasy, absolutely. I agree with that. With his run game last year, like you said, being just over a thousand yards, a thousand seven. 
nine touchdowns last season. Tony Pollard has what it takes to be a premier running back in the NFL, regardless of what team he plays for. I'm glad the Dallas Cowboys kept him and not Zeke. And you know, he looks small on TV. Oh, you dude. know, he's six he's, foot, no, 200 he, pounds. He's big. He, he's That's a, a big, big cat. Dude. Yeah. He's, I mean, I never realized it because you look at him next to Zeke and you're like, oh, he's a little he, lanky compared little, to Zeke. Yeah, a little, Zeke's a little thick. Nah, Tony Pollard's a big cat. But I, I used to think, like, oh, you don't want Tony Pollard in there on third down. No, nah, he's pretty big. Uh, he definitely doesn't run between the tackles as well as Zeke. Nah. But I think he still has the efficiency too. But he has to have that lead blocker, that, that fullback, to, to lead him through the hole between the tackles. Now, I like I like your number five pick at Pollard. Now, I do. Number four is a guy that for some reason all last year we were probably kicking yourself in the butt. I don't know why I didn't draft him. All the the buzz around him was negative. Yada yada yada. But then he, of course, ends up being a top three guy on the season. Nick Chubb being number four for me. For some reason, everybody. Just passed up Nick Chubb last year, and like I think he didn't even get drafted until the third round. Who went late? And turns out he's a again top three running back in in league. And guess what? Cream Hunt's not there anymore. And even if he is, even if he's suspicious comes back, they already proved that they don't want Cream Hunt to be touching the ball as much anymore. They upped. Chubb's uh, carries at the end of the season, they showed, hey man, we want you to be our runner. And the dude was a monster last year. Third in touchdowns with 13. Third in yards with 1,525. Second in juke rating. Third in breakaway percentage. And that's ridiculous, my dude. And he can catch the football. On... 37 targets, he caught 27 and had 239 yards. The dude's a beast. I like the stats. I like the numbers. I don't like him at number four. If you were going to go off that, I would put Tony Pollard over Nick Chubb. Because I think Nick Chubb... Nick Chubb can still be your power guy, too. I agree with that. But I don't think Nick Chubb is going to have that same production with... Whoever his quarterback is going to be. Nick Nick Chubb is, out of a handful of 32 starting running backs, he is one of those guys that could play all three downs. All four downs, if you really want to be specific. I'm going to wait to say what I have to say until you go through your next three. Because if there's not one of two people in your top three and Nick Chubb is there at four... I have a huge problem with your top five. Okay. Who's your number three? Nick Chubb's a beast. He Take him. If he's there, if he drops, take him. Because he's going oh, yeah. he, if he to be sure. worth all the stock that you put into him. Where, What round do you think that he's the most value? If he somehow drops out of the second round, you got you got to pick him up. I think he's going to go in the second okay. round. Okay. All right. Go ahead and go. Shoot, in some, in some cases... He's probably easily going in the first. Just past the the super high potential guys. Go with your number three. Number three. Man, I this was hard because I think he's quite possibly the best running back 
in National Football, maybe not so much. It's CMC. The dude, if he could just stay healthy, is always the best running back in the league. Is that the only reason why he's at three? Is because he's made of glass? Yes. It's because you have to, first of all, you are most likely giving up the 101 or the 102 to pick up CMC. Who may or may not play all year. So you're putting in, risking your whole season on a guy that before last year only played 10 games in two seasons. And then last year he played all, he played 16. He missed a game. But that's a lot of risk. And I'll tell you why I'm saying that's a lot of risk. I was that guy that drafted him 101. And he was out after the third game. <laughs> or he, you know, he was out the first game and didn't come and came back for the last two games. It was awful because you had to constantly keep him on your bench. Will he start? Won't he start? No. Hey, rumors saying he's coming back. You have to keep on your bench. Da, da, da. You're just wait. You're wasting a bench spot. All this, but when he's on the field last year, he he had. 1,100 yards. A lot of production. And he caught a hundred. He got 85 receptions for 741 yards and five touchdowns. In a in a PPR, let me tell you what that means. Cha-ching! Cha-ching! You just won yourself a belt. If he's in. There's so much risk with drafting him, and that's the only reason he's at number three. He has all the talent to literally be the number one. I'm going to say this right now, and I hope it doesn't happen. Or I hope it does happen. Either way, I don't think CMC gets hurt again. I think CMC, I think the injury bug has come and gone. I think he's going to play the rest of his career. Very solid, relatively injury-free. I have no rebuttal at him in your top five. But your only reason for him being at three is his injury. For his production, though, he's definitely number one in production when he's playing, right? Yes. But because of his injury past, he's at three for the risk. Yeah, very hard. Who's your number two? You're, I'm going to get some pushback with this one. But I went, I was telling people last year, this is my dude. I guarantee this guy has a bounce back year. I, I I really like this dude. I was telling people I want to draft him. Draft him. And I got told constantly, do <laughs> not draft this guy. Don't do it. You're going to get a bust. Don't do it. You're going to waste your first or second. Don't do it. And then he's fantastic last year. And that's Saquon Barkley. Hey. I'm going to admit, I told you not to draft him. What did you end up taking in your league? I took fifth or oh. sixth. But to be honest, did anyone else see Saquon going off? Me. I did. I, I had no, no idea. Uh, I, I still, And honestly, I don't see Saquon going off this year either. So, Especially with his bullshit that he may or may not play. He's going to play. He's going to play. He's going to play. Yeah. Um, last year on a bounce back season getting 1,300 yards, catching 75 balls and for 338 yards. I think he only increases that from now on. 
I think the Giants are moving in the right direction. They they're trying to build a win now type of team. I think they're going to run the ball more and more efficiently this year. And Saquon is the best player on that offense. So the offense is guaranteed to run around him. He's guaranteed touches, has all the upside. I agree. I I like that. But if you're going to drop CMC down to three because of his injuries, why are you not going to drop because, Saquon? Hear me, out. hear me out. And this is why I thought Saquon was going to be so money. There is a correlation and or causation that... Well, hold on. Just a quote. In a, in, a, in a book, correlation doesn't prove causation. Okay. Go ahead and continue. That players one year removed from their knee injuries blow up. That happened AP. last year. And I think he only improves from there on out. That's why I give him more credence than a CMC that CMC has literally been injured, then injured, then injured. Whereas Saquon was injured, he was good when he came back, and then he was good all last season. He put, So once he got back from his injury in 2021, he played all 13 games the rest of the season, and then all last year he played 16. 16. Missing one. Missing one, and I don't even remember what it was. I don't think it was an injury. So... You talk about the 13 games that he played in 2001 or uh, 2021. Had a pretty solid year. But I mean, I, if you are not going to put CMC over Saquon because of quote unquote injuries, the production of CMC is more than the production of Saquon. The, the, I would the flip, chances. I would flip flop those two. No. The chances of CMC costing you a first round and still getting injured are as much higher than when you draft Saquon in the second round and then he gets injured. I would flip-flop the two. Uh, I think you're wrong. And also, Saquon's younger. He, uh-huh. still has, he still has some zip on those bones, whereas CMC doesn't necessarily. I don't know. I just, I think since Saquon has produced more in the run game, we see less production in the receiving and pass game where we see with CMC pretty equal between the receiving out of the backfield and the rushing game. If I would rather see Christian McCaffrey over Saquon in that three, two, I'd rather see them switched. In my mind, I'm not saying Saquon's not a two, a number two running back, but I think CMC in fantasy, especially PPR, is worth way more in value than Saquon Barkley. In my mind, Saquon Barkley will be the number one running back next year, and the only reason I didn't put him as number one is because I didn't want to disrespect my boy. Who's your boy at number one? A guy that has won me. A championship. My my buddy, my friend, fan of the show, Austin Eckler. Number one running back for the past two years in fantasy football. Is he is he your all all time rusher? No. 
He got he averages he averaged nine hundred yards a season in the last two years. But he has caught seventy passes and a hundred and seven passes in the receiving game in the last two years, giving you in two thousand one six hundred and forty seven receiving yards and last year seven hundred and twenty two yards and in the last two years 13 touchdowns out of the out of the receiving and 25 touchdowns in the backfield what a scoring monster and i would say the best player on the la chargers team outside of their quarterback like i said the best wow on the la chargers team wow i mean Wow. I I have no rebuttal to that. No, he's I, a monster. I, I think Eckler is a solid running back one. I think his production, especially in a PPR league, will be highly valued. And I think should be more valued than CMC and significantly more valued than Saquon Barkley. Do you want to hear my theory, though, this year? Austin, Austin Eckler uh, asked for a trade, right? He said, I don't want to... Well, he he asked for the chance to talk about a trade to other teams. Now, for the past two years, I didn't talk about this when I was originally, but he has gotten 206 attempts and 204 attempts. That's a lot. In the the run game? In the run game. Okay. That's a ton. That's a good amount of touches. He just asked, asked for the option to talk about a trade. What's the chances they try to run the wheels off of him in his last year maybe that he's there? Pretty high. Not to mention with, they may increase that 20 more, they may add another 20 touches onto maybe more, and they're still working him out of the backfield. The Duke have a monster season. I think think he has the highest floor I've ever seen, ever, and still an increasingly high ceiling if they try to run the run the the wheels off the guy, I will not deny anything you just said. This is Austin Eckler's last year of his contract yes, before is. going to free agency. I think everything and you just not said. Pay him. No, I don't. I don't think they pay him because they're going to have to pay Herbert. Exactly. So. I'm just going to go ahead and just rack it up because I think you hit the nail right on the head. It's very plausible that they just run him just ragged and give him touch after touch out of the backfield in the run game, target him in the pass game. Dude, I I don't think you could have got... Man, you can't argue worse shit, but I tell you what, Eckler at number one running back, you just sold me. If you're you're sitting at 101-102, you should... Ab- highly think about getting Austin Eckler. Honestly, if you're if if you're in a league like a a keeper league or a dynasty league, trade out of it because as of now he's dropping. He's dropping, you know, out of the first round. Yeah. It's it's ridiculous why if, it's ridiculous. He is he is by far the highest floor and has an astronomically high ceiling. It's it's yeah. just he's so good. Dude Man, you hit that one just rocking right on the head. I t- he's, he, and that, I, that's I a love good one. the guy because he won me a championship by yeah. himself. I, I picked him up during that 
that uh, 2021 stint where he went off for 647 receiving yards. It was a great season. So to put this in perspective from fantasypros.com for a PPR league, their top five, number five being Kenneth Walker out of Seattle. I'm, num- just, I'm just not a, I'm not a fan of that Seattle offense. I think Gino had his year, and I don't think it repeats. So I feel like that offense is going to stagnate. What I like about Kenneth Walker in Seattle is that I have nothing against Kenneth Walker. He, he's going to get his touches. He's going to get his runs. He's going to get his targets. At number five, I don't think so. I think more towards eight for sure. But number five, yeah, I think fantasy pros like got the strong. Stagnates. Number four, Saquon. I like I like Saquon at four. Not high enough. Uh, <laughs> Jonathan Taylor at three. I'm sorry, as a Colts fan, I'm not touching any. They're just gonna any. load the box. They're just gonna load the exactly. box. Exactly, just like they did all last year. Jonathan Taylor can't get anything going because they just load the box, like you said. And there's a chance Jonathan Taylor gets gets hurt. Didn't uh, he get hurt last season? He he was not healthy a lot last season. Yeah, it's just. It, there's way too much risk. Even Jonathan Taylor is is everything that we said about Christian McCaffrey and Austin Eckler, but worse. But but with a terrible team. With okay, well, uh, terrible offense. I don't. I wouldn't necessarily say they're a bad team. I just. I would bad. say they're a bad team. Yeah, it's just not good. <laughs> it's, it's uh, just not good. Though. Number two being Eckler, which I think at this point you sold me. Eckler, I think, is the number one running back in a fantasy league for PPR. Number one, according to Fantasy Pro CMC, which, you know, definitely is, has a good argument to be a number one running back for PPR. But, dude, I'm telling you, with with all the accusations and all the arguments that you made for Eckler being the number one running back for Fantasy League, God, I hope none of the people that you play fantasy football with are listening to this because... You just sold Austin Eckler to every single fucking person in your league. And you're the commissioner of one of those leagues. That's fine. That's good because you draft you draft middle of the road anyways. I'm, I'm not gonna I shouldn't I should not. Don't tempt me with a good time if you don't draft <laughs> Austin Eckler. At least I'll fuck around and find out. I'm thinking I've been thinking about trying to trade up to go get him. Nah, I wouldn't do that. I know most of the time trades really screw people over in our league, but yeah, Vince is doing the trading. Yeah, I I think there's a huge chance that there is going to be. Also, I think CMC has a chance in dropping in a lot of leagues. I think people are going to overvalue listen, him. You think if you are drafting in the the top three or four, there's probably a reason because you probably got burned, especially in like a keeper league or dynasty league. You probably got burned a little bit. Buy someone like like a CMC. CMC. (laughs) You're going to have that hesitation for any injury type guy. And you're going to go more for a sure thing type guy. So he might drop. There's there's very high chance that CMC starts dropping. But like you said, Eckler got a lot of touches last year. A lot of touches the year before. Your hindsight says he's going to get a lot of touches this year. Do you think he can stay healthy? That's a good question. We'll we'll find out, huh? Ever since he really took over in 2020, he has not missed games. Yeah, well, it takes its toll. Yeah. Well, 
That pretty much wraps it up for the week. You got a little bit of fantasy. You got the very small football news that came out this week. We got the Rasters map up, wrap up with the green jacket going to John Rom. And next week, we will be having the wide receivers and, and the quarterbacks. The guys that really score you points. The big points, guys. B- before we wrap it up, before we go to the outro, what wins you ships in a fantasy league? Your quarterback and wide receivers or having that standout running back? If you're if we're talking about PPR, you got to have great wide receivers. But even more so, a little sneak peek maybe into next week's episode quarterback has to have some wheels and that's what really sets the difference versatile quarterbacks explosive wide receivers that wins fantasy ships we'll see you guys next week you guys keep the party going on out there we'll keep the party going on in here boom peace out